Laura. Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the podcast where five years ago, we started to analyze the movie Back to the Future one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. I'm Scott Corelli. And today we're going back in time to my favorite scene in Back to the Future, which begins with George finding Marty after being visited by Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan and ends with Lorraine declaring that she is going to find out where Marty comes from and where he lives. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> We're we're talking about a whole a whole, whole, scene. whole scene, a whole sequence. Uh yeah, like how those guys do in Hair and Vice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um I so when you approached me about doing this, mm-hmm. sort of a back to the future minute revisited. Right. Where we would each talk about our favorite scenes. Yeah. I you know, there were a couple that came to mind immediately. Yeah. And I'm hesitant to say what those were because sure. like maybe they're the ones you're gonna you're gonna pick. Sure, sure. Um but then for some reason when we watched it again, mm-hmm. this scene really felt right to me. Sure. As the scene to talk about. Sure. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Cause like, what about these other scenes that we've talked about as being like perfect scenes? And, you know, sure. Um, and so I was like, oh, I feel like this one, this is what my gut says. This is, this is what I picked. Yeah. I, I think that it's, it's, it's sort of um, George at his most cute you know like he's kind of because he's just kind of you're just kind of like oh this poor guy he just really needed to get it together absolutely but then yeah this is a great george minute but Uh, but then but then lorraine too it's like a great lorraine uh, i mean every minute's a great lorraine minute but yeah if i'm like a producer i don't know if if i'm like trying to sell this movie sure in 84 okay and it were 85 actually you know like to people Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to like okay this is we have a hit on our hands i know it yeah i would just play them this scene yeah because you get the comedy. Uh-huh. It starts with the fun character comedy where you get so much fun George, Marty interplay and their dynamic. I never clocked this before, but or maybe I did five years ago, but mm-hmm. we get a what, what? Yeah. He's like, what, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we definitely did. Yeah, I, I should say, I should say, uh, we, when we did these minutes, because these were, these were originally um, minutes, half of this was done with. Uh, the Star Wars Minute hosts. Wow. Um, and then half of these were done with guest Bo York, um, who, who joined us for uh, uh, the beginning of the uh, the chase sequence. Good old Bo. Um, so, so uh, but we recorded that five years ago. Uh, not mm-hmm. quite five years ago, because this was a little further into the sure. movie. But, but uh, a, a while ago. And so if we repeat anything from those minutes, just know... We still have the same brains, but we don't remember everything that we talked about sure. on this podcast. Just, because just nod and smile. Like, oh, just, they forgot that they covered this already. They, they forgot that they, they already talked about mm-hmm. this. But yeah, to me, this is everything I love about the movie in one scene. Sure. Like the transition from fun character comedy to like high school ch- stomach churning, awkward, romantic, mm-hmm. crush stuff mm-hmm. to sweeping rollicking adventure yeah about a boy running away from bullies yeah and includes the invention of the skateboard right and then ends with lorraine making this like jean valjean 
or like Javert like yeah. declaration of like I will find out where this cute boy lives. Yeah. And where he came from. Yeah. This I swear. Yeah. And it just it's just, it's just like this perfect few minutes of, of 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 movie making. Oh yeah, for sure. I love I couldn't stop looking at what the camera was doing watching yes. it just now. Yes. Me too. Me too. Um yeah, I mean Zemeckis if nothing else, he always knows where to put the camera. There's really only one back and forth, and it's between George and Lorraine when he's in the booth with them. Yeah. Other than that, you really do get old school Bobby Z, like the camera following the actors and moving with it to highlight movement. Mm-hmm. Like um like like George reaching for the soda opener thing. Yeah. The camera kind of moves a little yeah. to follow it. Or like a really cool moment of the camera not moving, but an actor moving to show Biff's height. Oh yeah, that was really cool. That's great. Yeah, no, I love that. I I also think it's it's interesting because um uh uh that like so this move this 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 sequence this scene begins with it's all about George, right? Mm-hmm. It you know we just got the the Darth Vader from Planet Vulcan scene. Marty's like, I figured it out. I know how to get him to do this. I'll force him through coercion and threats. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, uh, you know it's all about George and uh, Marty convincing George to go talk to Lorraine to get the ball moving and all of that <laughs> stuff. Right? Jesus, George is a wonder. I was even born. Yeah. But the thing that's so crazy about it as a scene is that that's how it starts. Mm-hmm. George disappears halfway through the scene. He really wilts, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, and then we just never return to him. Like, I mean, you know, we do later in the movie, but like in this scene, it's like he, he doesn't fail so much as wilts, like you said. Yeah. And then it's just like he just sort of like disappears mm-hmm. into the background, into the shadows, and then Marty takes control of the of the of the scene again yeah yeah it, it kind of shows that george hasn't done the work yet he hasn't grown yet right to where he's like well i guess i'm done being after lorraine now yeah and he doesn't do anything independently right until like marty comes back right right um it's it's interesting too it's like um uh i i think it's funny that like <laughs> marty is trying to help george right because like it's Biff that takes the air out of what is going sure. on, right? Yeah, George yeah. is really trying his best, mm-hmm. you know? His best probably isn't good enough, but he's trying, mm-hmm. which is more than can be said about him 24 hours before like this. Like you said, he's really cute and adorable in this scene. Yeah, he's because he's trying. He's you trying. Know? Yeah. yeah. You, it's like the Pixar saying. It's like the, you, don't like a, you don't love a character for succeeding. You love a character for trying, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, when he tries to kill Buzz. <laughs> right, and you love him for yeah. it. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> so 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 anyway um uh uh yeah so it's Biff that shows up and ruins everything mm-hmm. right and then Marty is like okay I got to get this back on track so he he trips him but then he does a cool move and punches this guy who's like twice his size in the face, yeah. knocks him back and runs away. And it's just like, dude, if you want Lorraine to fall for George, you're not doing yeah. him a favor by looking like a badass. He's, he's, he's accidentally looks cool again. Yes. And then he just goes and invents the skateboard. <laughs> Does like the the McFly maneuver and just does like one of the coolest things anyone in the fifties has ever seen anyone do. And yeah, every girl in that in that uh, malt shop, yeah, including Lorraine, is like, "Who's that guy?" Right. 
And yeah, and Lorraine is like, and it's so cool how you, he's mine. They reintroduce this, yeah, the, this delightful character in the kind of an antagonist role, or at least a threatening role of like, oh no, we don't want her to be obsessed with Marty. That's bad. Yeah, even though it's like amazing. Yeah, <laughs> even though everything he does is incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, it's uh, it's really funny. And yeah, and I, I know I, I definitely remember talking in the proper show about. How cool it is to take something that a, a person in the audience has feasibly done, like run away from bullies, sure, and to shoot it like popcorn Indiana Jones, like blockbuster. Yeah, it's like more movies. Sh- it'd be really cool if it did that. Which in general is just a new thing at this point, right? Yeah. Like like blockbuster filmmaking is For still. Sure. It's not even ten years old mm-hmm. at this point. Um, because uh, Jaws was 75, 70, 75 or 76? 75. 75. Okay. So so it's just a decade old then. Wow. Yeah. Blockbuster filmmaking. Um, and, yeah. And I would argue that modern blockbuster filmmaking really started with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that case, it would be less than. Yeah. But – uh, but yeah, it's like it's like barely a decade, you know. Jaws was the like, whoa, what is this? And Star Wars was the like, oh, we're doing this. Yeah, yeah, it was perfected, and then it was like Star Wars, and then Superman, and then etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and it Raiders. sort of like went from there, right? Right. Uh, uh, but Howard the Duck, Howard the Duck, Sorry, who could forget? Yeah. Uh, Thompson, Willow, uh, <laughs> yeah, Val Kilmer. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, <laughs> stars all, stars all. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you know, and the thing that always strikes me about this scene is just like, like you're saying the blockbuster stuff, but like just the audacity of making a blockbuster about a kid running away from bullies and using a, a, a classic big adventure score for Yeah, it. and adventure is a great word, and I think that might even be a better word than blockbuster, mm-hmm. is it kind of takes the heroism away from or you know like it gives it back to the common man kind of unlike you know the uh, harold lloyd is all over this movie mm-hmm. especially safety last yeah and safety last is a movie about a guy trying to impress his gal right trying to like save enough money to get his girlfriend a ring yeah you know and to shoot that as high adventure yeah is really cool yeah and you you realize and i think that's kind of not to be i love the marvel movies but you know to kind of I think that's kind of what it is. It, it, it's you don't really see that as much in movies anymore. Is like seeing the common man going on adventures mm-hmm. and having stuff happen to them and having to like outrun the bullies, yeah, and not get beat up, yeah. It does tend to be like, you know, the hero, the big hero, trying to like stop the thing from happening, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's also like I mean, you'll have to for, forgive us guys because you know it's we have seen this movie a bunch, but there's there's certain sometimes if I don't think about it, I'm not. I'm not going to clock it, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, like, is this the first time that the proper Back to the Future theme plays in the movie? Whoa. Okay, wait. What about – let's see how you bastards like 80. Yeah. Is the the theme there? I think so. It is? Okay. Okay. At least my memory of it. Yeah. The memory – my memory is that it might be there, too, but I can't – I can't – quite remember yeah you're like whoa yeah it's like when you know how they always you don't even realize that you're quoting darth vader wrong in empire yeah like everyone says luke i'm your father but the line is no i am your father no luke i am your father yeah i believe it's stay away from you you bitch this is phone (laughs) class right (laughs) sorry (laughs) Uh, the screen Uh, two popped out that's the kids say yeah but yeah this is great and like and i also realized the other the other moments that I thought about, right, 
um, I realized didn't have Lorraine. That's true. And I just realized after watching this movie again and talking about it with the commentary. She's the MVP. She's the MVP. And I just yeah. wanted to talk about how great Leah Thompson is in this movie. Yeah. And how she – what's so cool about everyone in this movie is that they are they – are, we've talked about how they're drawn so they, they could be in an animated movie. They could be in a comic book. Yeah. But they also really feel three-dimensional. Yeah. You can't really describe Marty or Doc Brown in archetypes. No. Kind of, but none of them feel right. Yeah, like like calling Doc a crazy scientist type isn't enough because he's not the Back. same as like Victor Frankenstein. Yeah, there's a warmth to him, right? And a and a and a oh, he's he's a little out of it, right? And then with Marty, you could say that he's a cool kid teenager, but that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel right either. Yeah, because it doesn't seem like he's popular. No. You know, I never got the feeling that he's popular mm-hmm. back home. Kind of like kind of like how if you were you know, like with Harry Potter and the books, mm-hmm. if you knew Harry, if you were in school, you understood where he was. Yeah. That he was just kind of a dude. Yeah. That is like, Oh, that's Harry, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's prob I no one probably has he's, like he's fine. He's cool. Yeah. He's never like actively been an asshole to anybody. Right. At least for a while. <laughs> His dad sure was. That dad, dad sure is how that was a prick. <laughs> <laughs> that was. <laughs> oh, your dad was. A, <laughs> he was an asshole. But okay, so but and even Lorraine, like Lorraine, feels weirdly like a three dimensional character, mm-hmm. as broad as she is, because mm-hmm. she's like full of all of these contradictions. Where yeah. like you see her and you're like, oh, she's this innocent '50s swooning teenager. But then you find find out at the end of the movie that she's like parked and she smokes and she yeah. drinks. She also doesn't seem that popular either. Like she, yeah. seems, she seems more popular than I would say Marty is. But she, it's not like mm. she seems like the most popular girl no, in school or like anything. She has her friends, right? And they're always together. And Biff is hyper fixated on her for mm. whatever reason. Biff hyper fixates on anyone. Sure, yeah. Um, but but I don't. I wouldn't say she doesn't seem popular. She seems. Yeah. Well liked, kind of like Marty. They both feel like they're confident and mm-hmm. comfortable in their world. That's what's interesting is he is more like uh, Lorraine. Lorraine than he is like George, but he gets his creativity from George, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, you know kind of interesting. The way that they sort of created him as a, uh, a an amalgam. Amalgamation of these two characters. Yeah, and I think that's like what makes this movie still so easy to fall into and love after all these decades. Mm -hmm. Is like if you really like if you do what we're doing and like talking about it again and again, you're still finding all these new ways of like, oh yeah, look at this. Yeah. Like Marty is kind of like he feels like the son of these two characters. Yeah. As crazy as that seems at first, the deeper you dig, the more it kind of you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. He totally (laughs) is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I really, I really like that. Um, so, so getting into like the weeds on this, sure. Going into the little, the little nitty gritty stuff. I just think it's, I, you know, and I know we we brought it up um, when we talked about the minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember exactly what we said, but uh, the bit where Marty can't get the bottle uh, bottle cap <laughs> off of yeah. the bottle and is shocked to see like a bottle opener style you know, bottle mm. and it's not like a twist off. I think I feel like of all of the um like oh eighties kid in the fifties right you know jokes mm-hmm. of like the fish out of water jokes. I feel like that's the one that like 
as as cute as as it is in the moment, right? It's kind of like a cute joke. Like it's kind of like one that you just go, oh. you know, like yeah. it's not like a laugh out loud moment <laughs> or anything. But like. Of all, except I do really like the way that Crispin Glover plays the moment. I think, dude, like, come on, yeah, yeah, he's just like, we don't have time for this. <laughs> <laughs> Stop trying to show how strong you are and just use the bottle opener. We don't um, have time for you to your damn pride. <laughs> um, oh man, you know if they ever remade Back to the Future, Crispin Glover might be a really fun doc. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be so weird. Yeah. yeah, someone on Twitter randomly shared a scene from Willard. Oh yeah, and I was like, oh hell yeah. Yeah, I saw that in theaters. I remember that. Nice. Um, but I, I think yeah. that of all of the those jokes, those fish '80s kid fish out of water jokes, I think it's the one that doesn't quite hold up because you're telling me there are no bottles with bottle caps in the '80s that uh, don't require a bottle opener. That's the thing is, I don't know. But but like today, that's today, not true. Today, I, I would feel like I would know what a bottle opener is. Yeah. Um. So like what my twenty what my nineties kid brain is like, well maybe they just didn't have those in the eighties. If I may defend this joke. Yes. Is it just that the bottle opener is on the the unit? Is that what the joke is? Is like he's just like, there's no bottle opener. I'm like, how am I supposed to open that? That's the bottle opener. Yeah, it's the bottle opener's right here. Like duh. That happened to me the other day. Yeah, maybe that's a Uh thing. So what I will say is I think in this joke's defense. Yeah. If you're like a 10-year-old kid watching this movie for the first time. Sure. This is me pretending to be a 10-year-old kid. Okay. Let's say a 13, 14-year-old kid. Oh, okay. Maybe you are watching this movie <laughs> and you're like, okay, I understand what that joke is. Yeah. He doesn't know what the bottle opener is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is the Pepsi free joke the joke that's aged the poorest in this oh, movie? Oh, for sure. That's the one that's aged the poor- yeah, poorest. Yeah, because the kid's like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, no. Without a doubt, that's the one that's aged the poorest. Because of that, but it's however, a better joke. It is a better joke, <laughs> but it's also it's also um, I think it's part of what weirdly makes it timeless. Because what I love about this movie and the reason why it still holds up to this day mm-hmm. is because all of the '80s stuff is as cartoonishly 80s as all the '50s stuff is cartoonishly '50s. That's the reason why this works. It's That's not, true. It's not. The 80s doesn't feel like modern day, even though it was at the time. It feels like the most cartoonish version of the 80s, and that's why it holds up to this day. It was like a 30-year-old man kind of commenting on society today that now reads as 80s nostalgia. Yes. Whereas if you – not to go too far from the park, if you you go back and you watch Poltergeist from 82, I believe, that is kind of Hooper and Spielberg – Shooting. Thank you for crediting Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, that, we we all know the truth about Poltergeist. Yes, yes. Every time I watch Poltergeist, I'm always so absorbed by like the scene where Craig T. Nelson and the mom, forgive me, uh, I don't remember yet, are like smoking weed. Sure, and because I because like oh my god, that could happen now. Oh, does that does that speak to you? That speaks to me. <laughs> <laughs> where they're just like, what are we? Where they're just like enjoying each other's company and yeah. chilling out. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that feels like it could be a so couple So much now. so that you almost you, – you wrote a scene very similar to that into a script that you recently Holy shit. wrote. That's true. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 But yeah, like like that that doesn't feel like 80s. It feels like, oh, we're going to shoot this like it's today, but today is the 80s. Right. This feels like – this is aged – not the Poltergeist has an age, but it's, right. a, it's a different way of, of looking at the past. Right, right. It It has a uh, – uh, yeah, it just has a way of looking at the 80s – that feels dated in a good way mm-hmm. yeah. where it feels like 
it's like okay, we can't do anything. We need to we need to take a step back from the decade we're currently in and try to figure out what are the most iconic things about this decade, and let's put those yeah. into this. Huey Lewis, yeah, Pepsi, Pepsi, Skate, Pepsi free, Pepsi free, Van Halen. I just like I like the idea too that like right, they had no idea that Pepsi free wasn't going to that it was going to eventually just be diet Pepsi, yeah. or, or diet caffeine free Pepsi. It, it's the but, be- yeah, it's it's the best thing about. Watching science fiction age, yeah, is it says so much more about the times that it was made in. Mm-hmm. Like you watch The Fifth Element, you know, yeah. and like the McDonald's, yeah, and the like, but like that stuff they don't get. Yeah, I just it feels like they called their shot and they kind of just nailed it as far as like what are the most iconic things about the eighties. Yeah, they had no way of knowing, mm-hmm. but they were just they just called their shot and they nailed it. They mm-hmm. just nailed it uh, to the point where by the time you get to the sequels. Right, mm-hmm. the '80s stuff just feels like they're stepping back into the world of the '80s from this like, movie like five years ago. Yeah, it doesn't feel dated. It yeah. just it feels like oh yeah okay. Like, I remember. Yeah, and I think it helps that this is a time travel movie, mm-hmm. you know. But it feels the same way that it feels like you watch a movie that is um, a period piece in from today, made sure you know, like Little Women, Greta Gerwig's Little Women. Yeah, you can watch that, and then you can watch. Uh, like a period piece made in the 70s or 80s and they don't – they both feel like they could have been made yesterday because it's a period piece. And so there's already a, a, a bit of removal from mm-hmm. modern day. And so I think period pieces tend to hold up better because they're already about the past. Does that make sense? I think it does. Yeah. I think it does in the, in the way that like to a child or a teenager watching Amadeus for the first time – right. It doesn't really hit them that this came out in like nineteen. I don't even know when Amadeus came out. Seven or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. There's seven eighty eight. There's an in- inherent timelessness to it. Timelessness, and that's the word, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like they just did such a good job of figuring out what was timeless about the eighties. Yeah, um, it's kind of why by, I- by by like really hammering mm-hmm. in everything that made the eighties eighties. Yeah, you know, and so it instantly it becomes a period piece, despite the fact that. It's literally coming out in the decade that they're talking about. Yeah. It feels like – it's like if somebody was like, oh, yeah, like I'm making a movie set in 2020, but it's like going to be a period piece. And you're like, what does that even mean? Back to the future. Right. Yeah. No, no. And it's it's interesting you bring up Greta Gerwig because it's interesting like with Lady Bird how that kind of feels like a period piece. Yeah. In like a very particular snapshot. Yeah. Of like the spring summer of 2003. Yeah. Or the like school year of 2003. I mean, it doesn't feel like a period piece. It is a period it is, piece. It is a period yeah. piece. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like it, it's like a period piece where like you have to make the changes have to be very subtle. Right. Like the cars, the way people are wearing clothes, the yeah. stuff that are on the teenager's walls. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 Pen 15 also feels like that a lot. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Yeah. Um, or like – but now – it's so funny because like um, now I watch stuff set in the 2000s. And emotionally, it feels authentic to me. Mm-hmm. Like I'll watch, like I think about like the the, the Scooby Doo movie, mm-hmm. and that is what 2002 felt like to me <laughs> when I was like 12 years old. Is it felt like the way that movie looks? Sure, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so so uh, 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 I I love. They I have just... 16 tons of the Ballad of Davy Crockett on vinyl. No, no, I think 16 tons is another song. No, it's another single. I like my version better. <laughs> Please, we got 16 tons of it. Come in. <laughs> I let my son make the order. 
Uh, I told him to get 16 copies, and he got 16 tons. Are you crazy, kid? Do you know how much a record weighs? Barely anything. We have so many. I'm picturing that happening to the family from that thing you do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's, uh, 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 so, so, um, I wonder if, I wonder if Tom Hanks based his 50s on Back to the Future's 50s. I don't Because they are. So perfectly aligned with each other. They just kind of feel those two men feel like kindred spirits to me. Zemeckis and Tom and Tom Hanks. Hanks. Well, I mean, and, yeah. they've, been, they've worked together a few times. Yeah, right? definitely. And I feel like they're a few um, times are just oh yeah yeah because of the cartoons. I right? think their emotional memories of the fifties is a lot like my Scooby Doo memories of two thousand and two, where that's just how the fifties felt to them emotionally, and so that's what they paint on the screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. Uh, uh, boomers love the fifties, sure. um, because it's where they were born. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I can't say anything. I was born in the eighties. I love the eighties. Yeah. So I love the nineties. Yeah, yeah. There you go. See. Anyway, we're all a we're all a product of the decade we were. I born. love the two thousands too, and the tens are pretty cool. <laughs> the twenties are starting out rough. Twenties <laughs> starting out rough, guys. <laughs> I'm usually an optimist, as you can see. <laughs> This is the first time I've had I've had I've had qualms. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you know, starting out rough doesn't mean it's going to end rough. But it's starting out rough. Can't leave uh, my house as much as I used to. I uh, I, I love the energy between Marty and George. Oh, it's so of, good of George just being like, huh, huh, "What am I going to do?" Like, like, what's so crazy about this <laughs> He's movie? So wound up. It's exactly what it needs to be. Like, it's yeah. a perfect movie, and yet I want. When I watch these scenes, like I just want a whole movie of just these two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I like that. All like a lot of Marty's scenes in this movie are. It's like a series. Every scene in this movie is a series of two handers, with the exception of like the family dinner scene. That's right? true. Um, there, it's all a series of two handers. It's either him and George, him and Lorraine, him and Doc. That's really true. He's an extreme. In the he's one of the best reactive characters I can think of. Him and Biff, yeah, yeah. It's all every scene in Back to the Future. Almost every scene, like ninety percent of the scenes, are just a series of two handers. That's great. He's just and you just drop him in. Yeah, and he's just so reactive to whatever energy. Yeah, that it just becomes a really fun scene. Yeah, and it's like either he's like trying to keep up mm-hmm. in the terms of Doc. Or he's just like, whoa, hey, hey, chill, chill, with chill. With no, with George. Oh, see, with, uh, with Lorraine, it's more of just like, ah, see, like I was he's s- turning into George see, with Lorraine. Yeah, I was gonna say with Doc, he's like struggling to keep up. <laughs> right. With Lorraine, he's keeping her away. Yeah. And with George, he's dragging him along. Yes, yes. And then, and then with Biff, he's just putting him in his place, <laughs> Punch, j- jumping a foot in the air and punching George <laughs> yeah. in the face. Um. Yeah. Uh, it's really, it's really interesting in that in that way. It's great. He's a lot, um, he's a little like Indiana Jones in that way, where Indiana mm-hmm. Jones doesn't really become Indiana Jones until something's happening to him. Yeah, yeah. I I love this after school sock hop I love going it. on at the I, diner. I love future Mayor Goldie Wilson just just feeling it, just yeah. vibing. Just, I wish this was more of a this this had been more of a thing. Like I wish I had like an after school like hangout spot. What was it called in Power Rangers? Uh, Ernie, Ernie's place. It did? was like er, Ernie's Juice Bar. I Ernie's think Ernie's Juice Bar. Yeah, Juice Bar and Taekwondo. <laughs> you see, like that. That is emotionally what the '90s were like to me. Yes. 
Juice bar and Taekwondo. And my There's mom. a guy. There was a. Did you spot that guy fake eating that burger? Oh, Look at him. Oh, every extra in here is great. <laughs> yeah, I love the dancing extras. I love the extra who's like kind of feeling the music while flipping through a magazine by yeah. the trash can. Yeah, yeah. It's all really good. I love when George slams down that milk and it splatters everywhere. And uh, uh, what's his name? Lou mm-hmm. is like just looking at the mess he just made. Just like this goddamn kid. I hate George the most. <laughs> I hate George the most of all these children. All the teens of all the cool teens of Hill Valley. I hate George the most. <laughs> I really like Lorraine's friend. Like not and just like get like what is happening? Why is he? T- why is he talking to us? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I want to know. I wonder where. Like I know. I know. Like the the the. Just supposed to kind of assume, like, oh, Biff's a bully. This is what bullies do. Yeah. Right. Um, he's, he's an just, asshole. Yeah. He's just exactly. He's just. He's just. He's chosen <laughs> George, and 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 that's just the way it's going to be. But like, was there a trigger? Like, what was the moment at, in George's life where George did something? That Biff hated (laughs) and was like, I'm going to ruin this guy's life. Maybe it was the equivalent of like slamming a milkshake down. Yeah. Like maybe he just got like, I don't know, catch up on Biff's jacket once. Yeah, maybe. And then George is just such a – because like I think – you know, this is dark, but I think to get into the mind of Biff for a second. Yeah. I think Lorraine fights George and or fights Biff and it's like, you suck. Screw you, Biff. Get away from me! You're gross. You're a, you're an ape. Yeah, you're a monster. Get yeah. away from me! You suck. And that just makes him want to like harass her more. Sure. And then I think with George, he knows that George is such like a mound of clay. Yeah. That he can just pummel George and do whatever he wants to George. Yeah. And he won't like stand fight. up for him. Yeah. Man. Stand up for and himself. I think maybe that's what makes these two stick out. Sure. From, from the the waves of people that he like lords over in the sure. school. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe he like is this to every kid in town. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's George specifically who isn't allowed in this diner. McFly. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he's cool with everyone being here, but McFly. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, is he? Is he just like? Does he kind of just like? Is he the Hubie Hollow Hubie yeah. Schubert? <laughs> yeah. Does he walk? like? Does he just suck the joy out of a room for being just like kind of weird? Because like we've always had that kid in school, Definitely. you know, yeah. where it's guilty like, as charged. Yeah, yeah, it's it's totally it's unfortunate, you know. That yeah. but like you know like kids suck. Ki- kids suck, and like you have that kid who's just like really into Godzilla and talks about Godzilla all the time mm-hmm. and like brings it up at very inappropriate moments in yeah. class or whatever. And then you have those kids that make fun of them. Because they don't realize that, like you know, they're they're mentally handicapped in some way, right? Or they just have like a different way of communicating. communicating. Yeah, for sure. Um, wh- whatever the case may be, but but like, is it? But you've I've only also been in a situation where like we're out having fun, and then that kid shows up, and you're just like kind of like yeah. Yeah, like you're, you're like you're like, like you're, you have to like prepare because yeah. like even being like even nice you, and like wanting to like be kind to this person, it still takes a lot of energy. Yeah, like even you know? even if you're not a bully, yeah. as a child, you're just still developing that part of your brain. Or as a teenager, you're so worried about totally. how other people are perceiving you. Totally, or you just don't like things that are awkward or embarrassing. Right. That you know, like as a teen, the parents, right? So like, yeah, if there's there are kids that I remember. You know, if if they were like my field trip partner, or like if I had like a class with them, or if they were the only person, or you know, yeah, if I was in a room with them, I was like, oh, I have to talk to this person. I don't yeah. want to be an asshole, but like they are, 
I have trouble communicating with them because right. like they're they're weird or like you know right right all that stuff yeah 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 weird or awkward or or what have you um, and I wonder if George is just that kid at the school mm-hmm. of just like oh god we have to deal with George you know <laughs> yeah um, and it's and and then and and maybe it's so just messy. like yeah and maybe it's just Biff is just like the only is like he, him and his cronies are like some of the only kids they're, they're those kids that are just like no. The hell with this! I'll kid. say what everyone's thinking. I'll say what everyone's. Th- you you're all thinking it. Yeah. I'm going to say it. Yeah, yeah. That's not a good thing. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> the reason we don't say it is because it's not a good thing yeah, that like, we're thinking, and we feel bad and guilty. <laughs> like, huh? Hmm. <laughs> Look at that thing that just is a part of being alive. Well, yeah. I'm not going to act on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> they, all, they all turn on him in the, in the <laughs> diner. Yeah. Get out of here, George. <laughs> Put up with it like we do. He has a right to be here. <laughs> Get out of here, Biff, you mean. Get out of here, Biff. <laughs> Not George. Oh, yeah, George. Yeah. <laughs> Poor George. Um, Man, I'm always like everyone. I know I've said it before. Everyone in this movie is looking good. I yeah. love Biff's jacket. Oh, uh, wow. Did you notice this? There's there's something about this shot that I've never noticed before. But yeah, yeah, everyone looks amazing. They're the out, the outfits are are so great. I love I love uh uh skinhead uh skinhead's outfit of like a cardigan sweater with his like fingerless yeah. gloves. I just imagine now like, Dude, I, I'm a tough guy and I'm like you're wearing a cardigan sweater. Let's <laughs> relax. That's that would be rough as a grandpa. Yeah, as a grandpa. What was it like in high school? Like, well, my nickname was Skinhead. <laughs> Not for the reasons you'd think. Not for those reasons. <laughs> um, okay. So this, yeah, shot, yeah, you this shot of Biff rising up into frame, burying Marty. I think I noticed something about it. So you see him standing up, but do you see what also is happening simultaneously? The camera is pushing in a little bit. Oh, cool. It is. Yeah. yeah just, to, just enough to like make accentuate it even more. You can see it on the edge of the frame. It like pushes it. It is just a little bit more, just to kind of trick the eye. Yeah, just to trick the eye Mm -hmm. into being like, yeah, he's like even bigger than than Mm -hmm. he would be if he had just risen into frame. Yeah, yeah. It's really smart. That's really cool. Yeah. And then leaving that little bit of Michael J. Fox's eyes to react to it. Yeah. It's just like, whoa. It's great. It's, I don't know. That's the kind of thing where it's just like Eric Stoltz never would have pulled that off. Yeah, yeah. That little bit of magic. Yeah. Of, I think. You need a sitcom star. Yeah. You need somebody who's comfortable with being a little kooky, like a little, like, performative. A little ham. Yeah. At at the end of the day, I think, you know, there's an expression that that people use of like, everyone was making the same movie. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, Michael J. Fox was in the same movie that Robert Zemeckis and and Bob Gale wanted to make and Spielberg yeah. of this like you know like we would talk you know this madcap Harold Lloyd yeah adventure yeah and like those kind of that archetype of character is like uh, you know like always yeah. out outrunning danger yeah and the fact that he made this entire shot this entire movie working every day on on somewhere between one and four hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. And not even in a row most of the time, like scattered throughout no, the the night. It's, you know, it's commendable, and it's something that you can only ha- it's something that can only happen when someone's like at a certain age. Yeah, we're just this lightning energy of like yeah. having that much energy to burn. Yeah. Oh man, it's mind boggling. Good for him. Yeah, I know. Uh, so yeah, so then we uh, we get the we he, he decks Biff in the face. 
and then uh, runs out there. I like the look on George's face after he punches. Well, punches. he's just like, <sighs> there he goes. There, there, yep, that, that ruined that. <laughs> and like, uh, there's the that on that. Lorraine has to like lean on George. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my oh god! Oh my god! Look at him go. <laughs> Like a cat that heard a firework. He's just out of there. Uh, George really liked how close she was to him, though. <laughs> yeah. He was into that. A girl's touching me. Yeah. He was like, oh, wow. I've never been this close to a girl's face before. He flags down those children, which is a risky move because they're almost equal to him in height. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. This could have gone south for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, lucky they were uh, riding by so he could create this, invent mm-hmm. the skateboard. The, the, and the age of, of Eisenhower's made them docile. The invention of the skateboard, Marty inventing the skateboard, yeah. is, uh, I think, objectively so much better than him inventing rock and roll. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It, it's, I, I love it. You know what? It's, it's beautiful because it's out of necessity. Yes. Whereas the, uh, the inventing, rock and roll is him just showing it's up. It's out of vanity. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Totally. Totally. Um, so I really, I really, uh, I love this. And yeah, and I just love, I love that this sequence uses the Silvestri score and the theme. And it's just like, it's unlike anything else. You know, like I talk about, we talked a lot lot about this on No Roads Edition. I think we talked about it a little bit on the main show too. But like the fact that, you know, eventually one day Hmm. the Bobs are going to pass away and Universal is going to immediately remake back to the future yeah. like immediately um and i you know it's what, what what's so interesting about back to the future is how small scale it is yeah you know and we talked about this in the commentary about how the cobra kai guys want to do a back to the future show mm-hmm. and i just think I, I i think they i think they should let them do it yeah. because i just think like that's the level that back to the future is at the fact that yeah. we got these as three big budget movies Based on the scale that they're on, th- these are this is TV scale in mm-hmm. modern sensibilities. Mm-hmm. You know the fact that this is literally a, a, a scene where a kid on a skateboard is tra- chased by some guys in a in a like a convertible driving in a circle yeah. at the at the height of their their worst thing that they're trying to do is maybe punch him in the stomach really hard once. You're right? Yeah. And it's just like – or drive him into the manure truck. Drive him into the manure truck. Right. Um, And it's just like – it's crazy the idea that like a movie remake of Back to the Future now, you know, it would all be sky beams. The time, the space-time continuum would be – save everything. Everything's going to – All of reality. All of reality is going to die. And like the joke in this movie is that Doc is like – not this movie but the next movie is that Doc is like – I, you know, uh, space time continuum. Uh, anything could happen. Like, well, we gotta, we gotta save it. You know, and yeah. then, and then he's like, you can't meet yourself. So many things could happen. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is they both faint. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, okay. So cool. like, that actually didn't. Great. All those things that you said could happen. No, you happen. Yeah, you're right. You know? it, it's the first thing they would get wrong. And yep. the Cobra Kai team are the first people that I've ever been excited about, or that has ever felt like the right team yes you know in the way that you're just like okay yeah cool because yeah. yeah like they would probably get something yeah because you know i yeah you're it would just you you can just picture it and it's just even if it's good it wouldn't be special it wouldn't be back to the future no it wouldn't be it wouldn't feel right mm-hmm. um it would be it would it would lean too much into adventure and spectacle and not enough in character yeah which is what these movies are rooted in definitely is is all characters yeah um, and it really goes back to like the uh, the Pixar thing of like mm-hmm. 
you know, of just the idea of like we don't we don't love characters because they succeed. We love them because they try. Yeah, you know, Marty tries to get into the talent show. Right. He tries to get laid. Yeah. He tries to get his parents together. He tries to get back in time, and he tries to save Doc. Yeah, yeah. He tries to save his friend. Right. Yeah, we like him because he tries, not because he succeeds. Yeah, yeah Lorraine tries to find out <laughs> where Marty yeah. lives and where he's from. Right. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I just man, it's a, it really is a perfect movie. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So this is a great. This is a great scene. I'm glad you chose it. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Glad I went with my gut. Um. So next time we do this, uh, I it'll be my favorite scene. Yeah. I'm not gonna spoil what it's gonna be, but. Uh, uh, well, uh, that's another uh, episode to look forward to. I hope this is. I really hope this has been enjoyable listening to this, uh, listeners. Yeah, it's a little like they wanted to hear us talk about it again. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's been a few years. Yeah, exactly. Um, so As you can see, there's actually miraculously still stuff to talk about. Yo, this movie is crazy. <laughs> um, so, uh, so anyway, uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, we will be back, um, with another. A hiatus special talking about my favorite scene from Back to the Future in a couple of weeks. All right. Bye, everybody.